It's championship week for Kennesaw State football. This Saturday, the Owls embark to Monmouth University in West Long Branch, New Jersey to battle for the Big South Championship. It's a 105 kick between the Hawks and the Owls. And here on Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics, will get you set for Kennesaw State and Monmouth as the Owls go for their third Big South title in the last four seasons. As always, Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. Fifth Third Bank, this is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. I'm Nolan Alexander, your host today. As always, we've got a jam-packed podcast getting you set for Saturday's game. We'll start it out with Brandon's on the ball, Brandon Joseph and Brandon Sutton recapping the 35-0 win against Robert Morris and previewing the matchup against Monmouth. Moving ahead, Jordan Griffith outlays the conference landscape with his Big South Blitz. We'll be joined by All-American linebacker Bryson Armstrong with Brandon Joseph to wrap it up today. So let's kick it off with Brandon's in the ball here on Inside the Nest. Inside the nest, you know what time it is. A couple of Brandon's on the ball. Brandon Joseph here, joined by Brandon Sutton. Sutton, 35 to nothing. The Owls welcoming Robert Morris to the Big South and uh, put in that work against the Colonials. What was your thoughts of the game? Uh, hey, what's up, man? And just, dude, what 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 better welcoming, part, uh, welcoming gift to give to a team and saying, hey, welcome to the Big South. <laughs> Don't forget who you're coming up against. <laughs> and I think, you know, as close to a complete effort as we've seen, seen all year. I know Coach Bohannon couldn't find things that he's not necessarily 100% happy with. There was a turnover, you know, things like that, a missed field goal. Those are the type of things that, you know, he hangs his hats on to improve the team until they play 100% the most complete game possible. But from what we've seen all season long, this is the best the Owls have looked. And just like you said, just coach from a coaching standpoint, you, you're always going to harp on those things, no matter how well the game plays out, no matter what the final score is, no matter if you win big or it's a close game, you're always going to harp on the things that we could have done better to have an even better uh, performance out there. And and just looking at the, the from what we saw on Saturday, it, it was great. It was the closest thing to a, a full game we've seen all year from the Owls offensively, uh, a few little hiccups, but nothing that really upset the game to uh, to an extreme point. And then uh, from a defensive standpoint, uh, what what is showing by those guys out there, uh, not even allowing a point, uh, not much going on from the offensive side of the ball for Robert Morris in that game. And it was just a really great showing on the back end of the uh, defense. Yeah, we're getting the offense, defense, and special team, but let's start with the defense. Led by Bryson Armstrong's 75-yard interception return for the touchdown. I talked to Bryson. You'll get a chance to hear that coming up in just a little bit inside the nest. But Bryson said he's not the fastest guy and he's been getting a little bit of crap for that. But he got to the end zone. I thought he had to hurdle a guy to get there too. It's like the athleticism was on full display for Bryson. Dude, yeah, he's one of them. Like, he's one of the most athletic guys you're going to see out there, like, period. And just like being able to see him just snag that ball and take it 75 yards is awesome. And uh, him hurdling that guy halfway down. Oh, my God. The, the athleticism and talent of that kid is just, it's ridiculous. It's just so amazing to see. Yeah, we talked about it actually last week when we were previewing Robert Morris, that flat area. And we thought it may have been a defensive end being able to drop down into that flat area, but it was Bryson. Perfect positioning. He said he was supposed to play that flat area and he released the inside receiver to go on on that slant route. And that just left him on the island where he was able to drift over. And George Martin, the quarterback from Robert Morris, I think Barkley pointed it out on the broadcast. He looked Bryson 
all the way down. And I think to Bryson's surprise, he didn't know what he was looking at because there was no window to get that ball in there, but Bryson catches it and returns it. I'm, I'm baffled myself. Like the quarterback was, yeah, you see your receiver out there, but there, Bryson was standing right there. I don't know if he was trying to force it, trying to, trying to make something happen on the outside, but he, he looked Bryson in the eye and just threw the ball, hit him dead in the chest. And, and Bryson made the best of it. Took it 75 yards to the house. Yeah, the special teams aspect again today um, for the Owls, first punt from Robert Morris, a rush punt, ended up shanking the punt, giving the Owls great field position, and the Owls end up converting, taking a lead to start the contest on their first offensive drive, and that purely came from good defense and good special teams. And, and we've been preaching it all year. The Owls are playing great defense, opening up games. Like it, well, not necessarily opening up games, we're playing through, but we, we've been playing good defense all year. And just seeing it finally just culminate and putting the offense in a great place on the field, make, making the score, it, it wasn't even uh, – not that I say it didn't take much effort, but it made it a lot easier on the offense. And it's just showing you how that defense bowing its neck and just staying hard in there is so beneficial to our offense and helping us out on both ends of the ball. Yeah, and I think that that's the funny part about, you know, the Owl season to this point. It's been very good, you know, consistently, but great at times defensively. And I think that's the the downfall when it's not as great. You know, teams come back in, they are able, Charleston Southern able to dig back in, but they haven't played bad defense. It's just we're expecting them to play great defense. And I think, you know, against Robert Morris, they played pretty close to great at times to the point where we were looking at it in the radio booth. We didn't know what the Robert Morris coaches were doing. It just seemed like at various points late in the first half, they were just waving a white flag like, hey, let's just get to halftime and let's just try to regroup and figure it out. And then they were able to move the ball down the field a little bit in the start of the second half, but a couple of owls stops then again. And you could tell midway through the third quarter, they were just, they were ready to go home. And and you saw it early, like uh, coming out into the first uh, quarter, uh, you started to see that that the coach's game plan wasn't really going the way they they, they thought it was going to go or the way they planned out, and things just weren't clicking for the offense. Uh, defensively, they were allowing yards, and 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 late in, in the half, you did see them. The coaches were starting to circle the wagon, so to speak, and just say, "Okay, let's get to the locker room, and try to figure these things out." And and that that's just that's more of the hats off to to our coaching staff. And they they came in with the plan, they executed, they're ready to go, and and the guys just had a lights out performance on Saturday. Offensively, Xavier Shepard making his first start for the Owls played really well, in my opinion. He was able to move the ball down the field, limit turnovers. We talked about it pregame off air that if the Owls don't turn the ball over two, three times, Xavier Shepard, that's a win for him. And he came in and one turnover, but the real win was just how effective they were able to move the ball down the field. And I think this is probably up there with the best the Owls offensive look all season. And what a coming out party for X, man. And he he really came out there and he he took charge. He he came out there with, and he just knew he had to make, make the right reads, make the right calls and just do his job. And he knew all the dudes around him were going to do their job too. And and he he ran the offense to a T, just the one little hiccup with fumble. But besides that, I, I couldn't really see much wrong with, with what he did out there on Saturday. He, he uh, made good reads, made good pitches. Uh, took the ball when he needed to, got a rush uh, early in the game, uh, and, and just did did everything he really needed to do to lead the Owls offense. And I'll say, and I gotta say myself, this is probably the best best we've seen the Owls look this season. But still, 
I know Coach Chestnut and those guys that are in the film room right now finding those those few little nitpick things or the the steps or the alignments that are wrong and that we need to fix and get better for next week against Monmouth. The one thing that I was really impressed with Xavier Shepard in coming in at quarterback, and he came from a spread system in high school, but he, he's used to getting the ball out to the hashes, but running this option-based primary offenses – he got the ball out to the hashes. He was able to get players out wide, get them into space, and let them create. And I think that that was the key because there were a lot of times, and I remember at least two or three times a drive, he was getting that linebacker on the island, forcing him to commit, do I play pitch or do I play ball? And that was the real key to success for Xavier Shepard. And, and you love to see it out of a young guy. You, somebody that comes out there, the bullets are flying, the situation there, you got to make a decision right then and there. And he was making the right decisions. And, and that's what and that's what you have to do in this offense. Because, yes, you could have said, oh, I'm going to keep it, maybe get one or two yards. But those decisions where he says, let me fake inside and pitch out, it opens up the uh, opens out the wings for the uh, two backs, everything to get five, eight, ten, who knows, even break away and score. So it just, just him being able to make those slight decisions and being able to read what he sees and just play it in the moment. It's really great to see out of a really young guy. And one thing I, I was able to kind of focus on during the game, and I, I enjoyed that also, was the offensive line. They played free. They played clear. I know there's been a lot of concerns about the health of the offensive line. We've seen guys go down at various points in the season, but everybody else has stepped up. Relatively clean and, most importantly, injury-free game for the offensive line, but it just seemed like everybody was firing in unison, and it was just from an offensive line standpoint, I think Coach Chestnut's got to feel really happy about that, is that they were playing in unison and they were playing free. I'd love to say he's probably probably electric in the booth on Saturday. (laughs) And uh, just being able to see those guys just – just work in unison, just being, just being so co- cohesive and the way they played together is what also really helped out the Owls on Saturday, allowing them to uh, get those chunk yard plays and just move the ball so efficiently. And just the way those guys have been working together, uh, Jake Lasseter, um, uh, Will Nanafabu, and just, just the way those guys are communicating up front, um, coming together when, when things are like, uh, if there's a shift or a change in the linebacker play, it's just guys talking to one another, just making sure everybody knows what to do, what's going on. First man in front of you, nearest linebacker, as we preach in the OL room, just making sure you know what's going on in the play at any given time. And that's and it's really, really a big thing that's going to help out the house going forward. One thing that I took away at the end of the game, and I, I don't think Monmouth is very happy about this. The Owls getting ready to play Monmouth for the Big South Championship game is the very end of the Robert Morris Kennesaw State game, the last play, Cleary runs the ball around the outside. The Owls are going to run off the clock, and it's a young quarterback getting his first snaps. I'm, I mean, and to be honest, to be frank, there, there was one reason why Monmouth attempted a field goal in the situation. They didn't want to get shut out, so they can't get upset the Owls didn't come in to take a knee. They put in a freshman quarterback to actually get a game snap and then a little extracurriculars as time expires. I think that fires up Kennesaw State. Their last moment on the field against a team that they handled, they frankly destroyed, and then it ends with that chippy factor. Kennesaw State's going to carry that in to a Monmouth team that you don't really need to add any more fuel to the fire, but that kind of chippiness travels, and I, I don't think Monmouth is going to be necessarily happy with what Robert Morris did at the end of that game because Monmouth is going to have to reap the, the, the reward of that for Kennesaw State. And you hit it, you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like, think so. 
after a game like that, when you're just like, okay, we're just trying like at one point you're like, okay, we're trying to get out of here and things start getting riled up. People are getting mad. And then things just end like that. That stuff carries over. Like people are going to be remembering that stuff during practice. Like I can't do nothing against this guy, but you know what? On Saturday, I'm going to light this guy up instead. So it, like that stuff like that really carries over throughout the week. And, and, you, and, and coaches, you don't want to see it, but you, you, you got to use it, you know? And, and that's one of those, that's, that's something that I'm sure there are people, the guys are going to harp on this week. And, and there are things that we're going to be able to look for coming out early in this mom's game with so many circumstances and so many situations on the line and what, what can happen coming out of this championship weekend. Like it's going to be great to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it, man. Yeah. 1 PM kickoff on Saturday. You can listen to it on the KSU Owls digital network or watch on ESPN plus the Kennesaw state owls versus the Monmouth hogs for the big South championship. Something that we've become accustomed to since Monmouth has joined the big South and for a lot of these owls, definitely they've they've lived this, they've been through this. So just talk about that mindset, and you, you keyed on it a little bit of lining up against an opponent that you know pretty well in terms of a philosophy standpoint. They don't have Kenji Bahar, they don't have Pete Guerrero. Those guys went on to the NFL, or at least declared for the NFL draft or graduated. But this is still a good Mammoth team that knows you very well. And, and this is also a, a really rested Monmouth team. They've only been able to play the uh, the two games so far, so they're going to come in with a little with, with some juice. And and this is a team that Kennesaw knows really well. We we played them every year, and coming off the game last year, that that that's not they they left a terrible taste in our mouth because just knowing like uh, we were three and zero going into that game against Monmouth all time. Uh, everyone's like, oh, they're due, they're due. No, it's that's not the way should, we always think of things. Like this, this is a team that we know. Okay, hey, it's going to be us, them. No matter the situation, we have to go in there with the mindset of this is the number one. This has to be the best game we play all year, no matter what, because this is the championship game. This is the way we have to think about it. And I, I know the coaches are going to be telling all these guys like uh, we've we've won championships in the past, but this is their opportunity to win their championship put their stamp on the Kennesaw State program, showing that they've made their impact and that they're the champion. They, they're the champions. They've made it to the gold standard, their championship level guys. And, and just this game Saturday will be an embodiment of that. So they, they have to come with the mindset of being ready, being prepared to go, and just barely be in a dogfight for four quarters, maybe more. And we talked about the bitter taste at the end of the Monmouth game. And you, you, I'm sorry, the Robert Morris game. And then heading into this Monmouth game, Monmouth, in 2019, when you last played, I, I remember Pete Guerrero streaking. I think it was like 70 yards to the house untouched. That sticks with these guys. And not to mention, this is winner go home, too. There is no bones about it. We've seen the rankings, and I want to get your thoughts on the committee's preview rankings or midseason ones, but they've made it clear that there will not be an at-large team from the Big South. It's the Big South champion or bust for the conference so all those factors have to play in and as you talked about earlier the coaches are gonna have to use that and leverage that to a certain extent yeah and and we talked about it earlier in the season like we uh the the committee they always try to give more respect to the uh missouri valley i mean and the uh oh, um just uh all these other uh let's say story or storied uh, conferences but the, the, the fact that it's been this many years, Kennesaw's made this many uh, three or four appearances in the playoff and we're still not getting the respect of, hey, we're an undefeated team. Like, just, just it, it, it's ridiculous in my mind. And, and just how 
from the top 10 that was put out, all these, these, these one loss teams, uh, that, how are they able to make it over an undefeated Kennesaw State team that has a reputation of being in the playoffs? Like, I, I'm not understanding just from – I, I know I have a biased uh, look into on it, but still I'm just not understanding like where, where's, where's the respect from, for a team that's – yeah, we're, we're young, we're still on the rise, but we've, we've shown you that we can do uh, – we can play in the playoffs, we can win in the playoffs. So we're, we just need to start getting the actual respect from these uh, FCS committees. Yeah, and I want to get your perspective because you lived that Montana State game going up there and playing that and then being around this program. I mean, me and Nathan McCreary, who does analysts for the TV side of the broadcast, we were going back and forth, and somebody sent out a meme of Kennesaw State, you know, we want respect, and then, like, the bike falling over, and it's like, oh, but we play shorter, and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? They played a Montana State team, and Montana State doesn't want that work again. You went up to Missouri State, and Missouri State was like, oh, welcome to playing real FCS football, and Missouri State got embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed. I mean, the only one in which I've seen, and I think it's, you know, the quality and the character of John Gross at Jacksonville State is, you know, you play Jacksonville State, you end up beating them in that playoff game, and the fans and the coaches say, you know what, this is a good program, this is a program on the rise. They didn't owe anything to Kennesaw State when Kennesaw State beat them in that playoff game, but they kept giving respect to Kennesaw and the SunTrust game, things like that. And But you have trouble scheduling these non-conference games because – Everybody knows what Kennesaw State can do, and they just don't want to play Kennesaw State. And even at an FBS level, they don't want to play Kennesaw State because, one, you don't want to have to prepare for that option, and, two, you forget. Kennesaw State got a lot of dudes that will be starting at FBS programs. <laughs> and, and, you, and you're exactly right. The only way we're going to be able to start getting that national respect is to continue to play these high quality teams at uh, different locations and just being able to do different things. But at the exact same time, the, these programs don't want to schedule a team like us because they know one, it's not not going to be the greatest setup for their team coming in or us going to them playing an option program, which they probably haven't prepared for or rarely ever prepared for. And then just also playing a, a team that they know is relatively like pretty darn good. Like, so just, like, so it's, it's just one of those like battling factors and just like, it's a content, it's going to be a continual fight for uh, the coach. Well, for, for the team and just the, the fans and everything, just seeing how these committees and stuff feel about actually how they actually feel about the Kennesaw state program itself. And it's, it's just going to just continue to just be a dog fight for us because we're going to have to keep playing these bigger teams, continue to put the, put the, put the, put, the, put some respect on our name across the country for the Kennesaw state brand. And I remember walking out of Kent State Stadium and talking to their color analyst on their radio broadcast, and he looked me square in the eyes and said, the better team did not win that game. And and that's that's what a lot of teams have to deal with, that, you know, on any given moment, Kennesaw State is probably the better team, whether it be from coaching or athleticism, on the field at any given time, I think South Dakota State, when they came up here to play that playoff game, even though Kennesaw State didn't win that game, you know, South Dakota State left with a, a respect for Kennesaw State. I know Weber State left with a heavy respect for Kennesaw State, even though Weber State ended up winning that game, ended up advancing pretty far into the playoffs. It's just you get a taste of Kennesaw State, you're going to leave with some respect no matter what the result is. Exactly, man, because you, you, you can't. You, when after you've lined up against Kennesaw State, you you know one of two. Well, you know a few things. One, those dudes came to play. 
two, those dudes are hard. And two, those dudes don't give up until the end. So just, just those three things. It's, we're a hard-nosed football team that always shows up ready to play. And, and that's what we're trying to continue to show the, the entire country. And when, when they finally realize and we finally start getting that respect, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to be so happy to see how far, how things continue to grow for this program. A lot of respect can be earned this Saturday, 1 o'clock, Kennesaw State, Mammoth, the big South championship game. For Brandon Sutton, I'm Brandon Joseph. We're a couple of Brandons on the ball. I'll talk to you next week, brother. Hey, see you, man. Have a good one. Get your favorite KSU apparel, name brand items, gifts, and more at the KSU Bookstore. Whether you're looking for an Adidas jersey, a KSU sweatshirt, or a new hat, they've got you covered. Shop their in-stadium store on game days, visit them in the Student Center, or shop online today. Visit the KSU Bookstore online at ksustore.kennesaw.edu. We'd like to take this time on Inside the Nest to thank our proud partner Coca-Cola for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. We now continue this episode of Inside the Nest with the Big South Blitz with Jordan Griffith. What's going on, Owls fans? Big South Blitz time. I am Jordan Griffith. So excited to bring this to you yet again. We have some more Big South football outside of Kennesaw State. We have Monmouth versus Gardner-Webb, a game that had a lot of implications on the Big South title picture. So let's dive right into it. So, talking about the rushing attack last week for Gardner-Webb, I said that that was the key to this game. If Monmouth was able to stop the rushing attack for Gardner-Webb, they would be successful. And they did exactly that. They get a big-time win over Gardner-Webb. Final score, 48-19. to And they were able to stop the rushing attack almost completely. Held them to about 80 yards total in the rushing attack, 38 yards for Nari Gather. And Carlton Aiken, the quarterback, actually had the most rushing yards on the team that day. 18 attempts for 51 yards. So he had some sort of success, but they had so many losses. They had so many sacks. He was sacked four times, and Nari Gather just wasn't able to get going. But Monmouth just rushed them out of the building. It was supposed to be the other way around, but Juwan Fari running back for Monmouth, 24 carries, 124 yards with four touchdowns. Four touchdowns on the day for Juwan Farr, making everyone forget about Pete Guerrero last year. Tony Musket, not a spectacular day, but enough to get a very big-time win. Again, 48-19, to 14 for 33 on the day, 155 yards, and two touchdowns. The important part about this game is that it had some implications on who was going to play for the Big South title because you have Kennesaw State playing Monmouth this week. The week after that, a lot of schedules have been changed, so we'll see what that's going to look like, but with only four games, sort of hard to separate themselves from each other, and Monmouth now doing so undefeated on the year. Gardner-Webb goes to 2-1. and one. Again, Charleston Southern without a win right now at 0-2. And Kennesaw State sitting at the very tippy top with two conference wins now over Charleston Southern and Robert Morris. Some positive notes for Kennesaw State fans in this upcoming game with Kennesaw State facing off against Monmouth this weekend. Two undefeated teams that Monmouth started off slow. Only six points in the first quarter. Then they went ahead and missed the extra point. So going into the second quarter, it was a 6-3 ball game. And Gardner-Webb scored 16 points in the second quarter. So it was a very close ball game going into the second half. Then Gardner-Webb got shut out and Monmouth went ahead and put up 28 points in the second half. But another interesting sort of factoid is that on the third down conversions, Monmouth 
was not efficient whatsoever. Monmouth on the day was one of 12 on third down conversions. They had four fourth down conversions that were actually three of four on. So not that bad of a stat for Monmouth, but one of 12 on third down conversions for a good defense like Kennesaw State, that's got to be promising. I'll let Nolan do the preview and everything like that, but I think that's just kind of an interesting fact to take away from this Monmouth game. If you are a fan of Big South football, this is the weekend to turn that TV on. Kennesaw State versus Monmouth this weekend. The game everyone has had circled on their calendar since the schedule came out. Day one, this is the game everyone needs to watch. Also, Robert Moore is going on the road to face Charleston Southern. Look, this is a four-game shortened spring season. One of these teams is going to get a win. One of these teams is going to finish last. And Robert Morris, they play Charleston Southern, and then they have to play Monmouth. So we'll see how that goes. Charleston Southern doesn't exactly have a great schedule either. But one of these teams is going to get a win against each other. We'll see who it is. And we'll see who's more than likely going to finish last in the Big South this weekend. I think I've done enough previewing for this upcoming weekend for Monmouth against Kennesaw State and for Robert Morris versus Charleston Southern. So it's just time to wait till Saturday and watch these fellas play football. So that is going to be it for the Big South Blitz this week. I am Jordan Griffith. Thank you guys so much for listening. Holy hand-rolled tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chicka Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshaking fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewy's.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter. Find us at Chewies.com. See y'all at Chewies. Season tickets for the fall 2021 KSU football season are on sale now. Tickets include all five home games and a ticket to the KSU at George Tech game on September 11th. Season tickets start at just $135. Purchase yours today by texting SCRAPPY to 20123. That's S-C-R-A-P-P-Y to 20123 or by visiting www.ksuals.com slash tickets. To help prevent the spread of COVID-19, remember the three W's. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance around others. Wellstar believes when we all work together to do our part, we can help keep Georgia safe. For more safety information, visit wellstar.org. And we conclude this episode of Inside the Nest with an interview with All-America linebacker who had a pick six Saturday. It's Bryce Armstrong with Brandon Joseph on Inside the Nest. Joining me now inside the nest, the big South defensive player of the week. And you can almost say that every week with this young man. I've talked to him for the better part of four years. Once again, Bryson Armstrong joins us. Bryson, congratulations on the big victory against Robert Morris and that amazing interception return for the touchdown. Your first in your career. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about you know, a lot of different things from this season and then looking ahead. But let's go back to that Robert Morris game. Um, not just the interception, but the shutout victory, a dominating defensive performance. Just talk about that game as a whole for the Kennesaw State Owls. Yeah, thanks for having me on, first of all. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great team win uh, against Robert Morris. We finally, I think, played to the standard um, that this football team was built on. Um, and, it, of course, it feels great to get a shutout. I think defense played great, um, able to get a couple turnovers. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think 
previous games, we weren't we weren't playing to the standard of, the, of this football team. But Saturday, we were able to play uh, play fast, play physical, and and we played up to standard. Your interception, seventy five yard return to the house, the pick six came right after a fumble where Xavier Shepard, who played really well, and Kyle Glover just kind of had a little mix up at the mesh point. But then George Martin drops back in that flat play. You you're creeping back. I know you have help over the top, but just talk about that positioning and where you were supposed to be and how you ended up right in front of the wide receiver jumping that route. Yeah, they went. They ran um, three slants to the field, and I was I was over top of the number two receiver, and um, you know he he ran a, he ran a slant, and I don't know if the quarterback thought I was going to take him back, but I actually when I once I saw him run a slant, I. I uh, scooted out uh, to my right, and that's that's when he tried to throw the slant to the number one receiver. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he was just trying to fit it in there, or or he thought I was going to take the number two receiver back. But as soon as soon as I stepped out, I saw him throwing the ball, and I kind of just hopped in front of, um, hopped in front of him, and then I I got a, uh, I heard a lot from the coaches and the guys I was running slow, so um, you know I'm still. I'm still hearing it from them how uh, how slow I was running toward the end zone, but it, it was a great feeling um, celebrating with the guys in the end zone and everything like that. Um, and it, it's always nice having offenses back. Um, you know, they they don't put it on the ground often, but they did, and then we were able to have their back just like they had ours. How how um, dare they say that you were running slow? You had to hurdle a man to get to the end zone. I I know I'm not the fastest. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jacory Burks gave me gave me some stuff. Said he was going to pick it if I didn't. So. Um, I heard it from him a little bit. I heard it from Coach Bo after the game, but um, it was it was a fun time. The the fun thing that I've seen the last few games, Dixie State and now Robert Morris is not just defense, but special teams also playing a factor. The first punt of the game, you guys apply pressure to the punter. He ends up shaking. It gives a good field position. How does it feel when you're on the defensive sideline and the offense is flowing like it was with Xavier and all those guys? The defense is flowing that you're living out there, but also special teams, whether it's, you know, kicking the ball off deep and able to pinning them inside the 20 or getting the block punts or forcing shank punts. Special teams is one of the biggest parts of the game. Now I've always thought that and uh, coach Bo makes a great emphasis on it and practice and in meetings. Um, it'll definitely change the game. Like you said, Dixie state and this, in this past, you know, you go block a punt. That's huge for the offense, huge for the defense and a huge momentum momentum builder. So, um, hopefully we can, we can still be great on uh, special teams, play hard, um, and uh, we'll make sure it's a huge emphasis going forward. Like you said, it's a, it's a huge game changer if you can have a big play on special teams. One of the things that I've realized um, this year especially is you guys have a lot of dudes in that defensive room, and there's a lot of guys that play not just well at their position but play well in space. I think Peyton Moore, Reese has come on the scene getting crucial sacks, but talking to Chance Bates and all those guys, they mentioned you as one of the key cogs in the middle in the defense, but just as a whole, when you look around that defensive room and you see all the dudes, whether it's Ja'Cory, like you mentioned, Mark Keith, um, and all those guys, just talk about what it's like being in the room with such great, not just athletes, but football players. Yeah, I, I love those guys. Um, you're right. We, there are some dogs on the team. Um, I think Marquise having a great year. Um, you know, ever since ever since he got here on the scene, uh, the coaches, players were excited to have him. He's been a dog all year. 
Um, Peyton Moore, my roommate, he's playing great, playing hard. Um, and, and it's good knowing that, you know, the, the guys you have on, on the field are going to have your back. So, um, you know, if you make a mistake, um, they're going to have your back. Our, our linebackers are playing great uh, with Kareem and Chance. And then you've got the young stud, uh, 44 <laughs> Jalen Barton, that's, that's been playing awesome. So I'm proud of him. I'm proud for him. He's been, he's been playing lights out, like, on special teams, too. Um, but the D-line's been playing, playing great. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we can continue playing hard uh, against Monmouth. Just talk about for you how interesting it's been coming into the spring season. What did you do during the fall where you are able to watch, you know, other college football games? And did you watch it as a fan or did you watch it almost like as a scout to see certain players and what they did and try to steal aspects of their games and working into yours? Yeah, I watched it kind of uh, – I was kind of jealous almost watching on TV, uh, feeling like we should be we should be out there playing. But um, – you know, I love I love sitting down watching football. So it, it was it was unique to to be able to watch games on Saturday when you're not playing. Um, but luckily uh, we were able to play play this spring. Um, but yeah, anytime I'm watching football on t- on the on the television, I'm always kind of acting as if I'm scouting the scouting the team. Uh, it's kind of just a habit I have. Whether I'm watching NFL, college football, high school football, I'm kind of just. Uh, you know, just reading, reading the defense, reading the offense and, and seeing what, what they can do better and, and what they do well. And so um, we, I, we were watching a lot of football this fall at the house. So one o'clock this Saturday, you guys play Monmouth, the Big South championship game. It's something that you guys are very familiar with as a program, but as of recently playing Monmouth for what will ultimately decide the Big South you know, they lose Kenji Bahar and Pete Guerrero, but it seemingly they just replaced those guys with equally a talented guys there. So what are you seeing your early looks at Monmouth? They're, uh, uh, they're going to be a, a, a tough team to beat, uh, but this game means everything to us. You know, uh, nobody wants to go home once this week's over with. Uh, and we decided as a team that we'd, we were going to play this spring season because we knew we'd be eligible to win a championship. And it's going to be a battle. Uh, they're not just going to hand us anything, which is great because I would never want anything ever handed to me in life. So we're going to have to have the best week of practice this week and, and prepare to win a championship. Um, they're going to be a tough team, and uh, I'm ready for I'm ready for the challenge. Coach said last week um, on radio here locally in Atlanta that you guys got Wednesday off. Did you try to sell him on giving you this Wednesday off because you played so well against Robert <laughs> Morris? <laughs> that's funny yeah we we had some some uh, rough weather Wednesday but um it was nice to kind of get our legs underneath us and um you know any anytime you you're able to have a walkthrough like we did we, we had a walkthrough uh that Wednesday and, and watch film rather than going out and practice but anytime you can have a walkthrough um you know it can be just as beneficial as a practice so we make sure anytime we get the opportunity to have one of those we we uh, act professional and and we you know, we lock in uh, 100% of the time during those walkthroughs. Have you had a chance, because you are a senior in this program, there are things that are, you know, allowed that we'll see, we'll cross those bridges when we get there, but have you allowed yourself a chance just to reflect on your time at Kennesaw State? Because I remember talking to you when you were a freshman. I remember seeing you when you were a freshman. Now, all this time later, have you had a chance to just look back and just kind of just reflect on what it's been like to be an owl? 
Um, I don't know. I really haven't um, too much. I, I love I love being an owl, and uh, I have made some some awesome memories with with my teammates, with the coaches, and um, I really just kind of look forward. I, I'll uh, I'll probably one day when I'm older look back on all the great memories we've had. Um, you know, freshman year, Montana, and and the the big Jacksonville State wins, and um, you know any any conference wins always big, but. I really, I really haven't had too much time to reflect. Um, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably do that one day though. I take a look also, and just talking about the whole scope of things. When you look at big moments in Kennesaw State football, you're in a lot of them, and it's a question that I've always wanted to ask you: Is it learned or is it instinct? I think back to that Jacksonville State game. Everybody wanted to go home, and you were the guy who sent us all home. Um, even the interception this past week against Robert Morris, is this things that you've learned, you see on tape and you know where to be, or is it just instinct that you just go and do things? I think, I think you always just have to prepare. And, uh, you know, when you, when you prepare, um, good things will happen when you, when you practice hard and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Robert Morris was just, was just playing, playing the defense how it's supposed to be played. Um, I was supposed to be in the pro flat. And, um, you know, I, I was in the curl flat and he threw it my way. So I, I took advantage of it. Um, but I, I, I really can't. I, I have no really good answer for you um, on the other things. I don't know. If, I don't even know if it's instinct or I just know I, I prepare hard and and uh, uh, sometimes, work good things, out. sometimes good things happen, I guess. <laughs> We want to wrap it up with Bryson Armstrong joining me inside. And there's some fun things. Um, Coach always talks about after you win games, you have to celebrate. How do you celebrate wins after tough fault games? <laughs> uh, after we celebrate in the locker room or out on the field with the team, uh, I kind of just go home. Uh, sometimes I'll get dinner with my family or lunch with my family after the game. But I kind of just go home and, and watch the rest of football Saturday and, and, and relax. I, I spend my time. Uh, relaxing usually after the games. <laughs> and one more thing. Um, I know everybody has seen it now. Coach Mohanan's dance skills. Um, how bad are they? Can you do better? And if so, have you offered to help? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're awesome. Um, and no, I don't think I could do better, which is sad. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but uh <laughs> They, they're awesome. They, uh, that's a great way to celebrate after the game, his, his dances and everything. Um, I don't, I forget what you call that, that dance, but no, I don't, I don't think I could do any better, which is, which is, which is sad. I've got, I've got no rhythm and, um, I guess neither does he. <laughs> Bryson Armstrong, thanks so much for joining us inside the nest. Best of luck against Monmouth. And hopefully we get to talk about some playoff football coming soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Registration is now open for the 27th Annual Dot Martin Scholarship Golf Classic held on May 10th, 2021 at the Marietta Country Club. The Dot Martin Scholarship Golf Classic has benefited Kennesaw State student-athletes for many years. This event offers so much for participants, but don't take it from me. Here's Greg Martin, who's played in the event every year. Well, I think it's a terrific value. Number one, you, you get a lot for your money. You get a whole day of golf at a great facility. You get fed in the morning. You get to go shopping. You walk away with merchandise. Uh, you get to play, you know, a fun golf course. 
And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. It's fun. It's a scramble. Register today for the Dot Martin Scholarship Golf Classic online at www.ksuals.com slash Dot Martin. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Inside the Nest. Remember, this Saturday, Kennesaw State and Monmouth 105, where the winner earns the Big South Championship in an automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. Barkley Miller and I will have the call for you on the KSUL Network on the TuneIn app, and you can watch on ESPN+. Inside the Nest has been brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. I'm Nolan Alexander, and until next time, go Owls.